0: And uh, let's go over to Exodus 15. This is where we'll begin today. We want to continue with this that we have been looking at a covenant of healing. And uh, there's some things we have to remind ourselves of consistently. And uh, you have we have went over these, but we'll keep reiterating them. You have to believe what God said. Uh, number one, about himself. What did God say about himself? Uh, you never depend on someone else to tell you what God said. Uh, I mean, in the sense of obviously we come for teaching, but what did God say about himself? You know, we live in a, in a, in a society right now where there's uh, so many non-believers, s- sinners Wanting to tell you what Jesus said or what you should believe about God. Now, I'm not saying that to be, uh, you know, just uh, cranky towards that. But you have. If we are God's children. And we are believers. We should know what God said. Not not the world. The world takes something out of its setting. And they'll make a statement like, uh, well, you know, Jesus taught. Uh, uh, unconditional love. No, he didn't. He taught repentance. He, he taught repent because I love you, but repentance comes before forgiveness. If I don't repent, I don't get forgiveness. Now, that's just a, a simple illustration, but what did God say about himself? Well, uh, we have went over this, but Titus 1-2, God said, I cannot lie. He said he cannot lie. Well, then if God cannot lie, then that settles the issue for as far as what God said. God can't lie. Uh, he said in Hebrews thirteen eight. he said he was the same yesterday, today and forever, the same yesterday, today and forever. That's why Paul could say God that did deliver me will deliver me or hat that does deliver me. And I trust he will deliver me because he's the same yesterday today and forever numbers twenty three nineteen. he said god is not a man that he should lie so god separates himself from from mankind he says man can lie i can't god is not a man that he should lie men can lie i can't if i said it i will do it if i declared it it'll stand fast that's what he said about himself uh, number two, I have to believe what God said about His Word. What what did God say about His Word? Isaiah 55:11. He said, "Just like the rain comes down from heaven and the snow and waters the earth and causes it to bring forth in bud, so shall my word be." Well, if I look at that, "So shall my word be." The rain comes down from heaven. The snow comes down from heaven. It waters the earth. It causes the earth. In other words, rain and snow have a specific purpose. To water the earth and cause it to bring forth and bud. That's how my word will be. It will not return to me void. It will not return empty. In other words, if God says it, what he said will come to pass. It will not return empty, but it will accomplish the thing I sent it to do. And it will prosper therein. That's what God said about his word. So. When someone says I did that and it didn't work. mm -mm. It can't be. Because God didn't say that about his word. God didn't say you can try it and it may or may not work. He said this is how it will be. Now. This this bleeds over into one of our topics one one of our things we have to remember about the Covenant the Covenant mindset's a requirement for strong faith All right, if if God cannot lie and he said something that closes the book on it Because God can't lie And and the word will not return to God void Uh, Thirdly believe what god said about what he would do especially in this setting concerning your healing what did god say that he would do concerning your healing see this is not opinion Any, anytime you hear someone that's teaching preaching the word and they go now in my opinion this back off back off that because I can have an opinion, I'm allowed to have an opinion. But what's clearly stated in the Word is what God said He would do. That that's the importance of the Word being absolute truth to you. That the, what the Word said is truth. Uh, amen. So it's not opinion. It's not religious teaching. It's not even experience. When when experience pales in Comparison to what God said he would do in his word. That's so important. Hallelujah. And then always remember number one, you have a covenant. I have a covenant. Say that out loud. I have. See, I have a covenant. I've got to remind myself of that. I have a covenant. Number two, the Bible is a covenant book sealed with blood on both ends. The Bible is a covenant book sealed with blood on both ends. Uh, The blood of bulls and goats in the first covenant, the blood of the Lamb of God, Jesus in the second covenant. But it's a covenant book sealed with blood on both ends. Began with blood and it ends with blood. Blood is what makes it binding. Everything that God promised is promised in the context of a blood covenant. And it makes it binding. God is bound to what he said. That's, that's a, 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 that is a concept that many don't understand. Because most people that, well, I shouldn't say most people that you know. I don't know most people that you know. But I will say this. A lot of people spend a lot of time figuring out how to get out of what they promised. Instead of being bound to it. Amen. That's why when you go to one of them lying churches that talk about how God might do something and might not do something, well, they don't know what God said. Why would you go there? Why, why would you go somewhere where somebody's not sure about what God said? And then they're trying to tell you to believe God and they don't even know what God said. It makes no sense and I'm not against a, any church in particular, but the point is, is I have a, <laughs> I have a covenant. The Bible's a covenant book sealed blood on both ends and then a covenant mindset is a requirement for strong faith. It's a requirement for strong faith. My part of the covenant is faith and obedience. What did God say? And that's what you train your, your mind through your spirit. You train your mind through your spirit to revert to that. All right, you, you train your mind to look to the word night and day. You train yourself to look to the word night and day. And, and I'm cautious with the, the next statement. You don't train, your, you have to break the habit of if I get up in the morning and I don't feel well, I'm going to the doctor. I'm going to call the doctor first. Well, there's nothing wrong with going to the doctor. But at what point do I understand that they don't have an answer? And so I've got in in um, in uh, second Chronicles 16 uh, verse 12. It says Asa in the thirty ninth year of his reign was diseased in his feet until the disease disease was exceedingly great. Yet in his disease, he sought not the Lord, but to the physicians. Now, it's not wrong that he went to the physicians, but look at the the, the part of that before. that He didn't seek the Lord. He put all of his trust in the physician. And they didn't have the answer. Now, once again, you know, you, you, you have to qualify these things because there are hyperfaith people. And what I mean by hyperfaith is they don't have faith. They just take verses and, and act like they believe them. Here's the thing is... It's not wrong to go to the doctor. That's obviously not wrong. But here's the thing. I have to, if, if I'm going to see this covenant of healing function the level that it could, I have to, first of all, what did the Word say? Now, what did the Bible say? What did God say? I know, I know what they're going to tell me, but what did God say? I mean, think about this. We've come through two years of a pandemic. And and here's the bottom line. People would wake up and they'd feel like, well, I feel like I got COVID. So they go get a test. And they get a positive test. And the doctor says, go home and get some rest. Right? I mean, I'm not making light of it, but I'm saying, so. Am I saying they shouldn't have went and got a test? No, that's not what I'm saying. But how many, how many, how many, how many times before COVID, you know there's no other diseases now except COVID. You know, but, but how many times before when you would wake up and you felt like you had the flu, would you just know you had the flu and just stay home and take something for it? You didn't say, I'm going to go get a flu test. I mean, there is one, but, but, but what I'm trying to say is if, if I don't develop this mindset, okay, what'd God say? Right? Because then it becomes a, a, a situation where I'm always chasing the situation. I go and I find out what the doctor said, and the doctor said this, and now I've got to try to apply my faith to that. Whereas I have a covenant mindset. I know what God said. And now I'm walking in that. Does, that. does that make sense? Exodus 15, verse 23. Well, we can start here in verse 25. He cried to the Lord. The Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. He made for them a statute and an ordinance. And there he proved them. And said, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, my part of the covenant is faith and obedience. I will put none of these diseases upon you, which I have brought on the Egyptians. Now, if you pay attention to the punctuation, there's a colon after Egyptians, And so that means that a word like for or so Or because we'll follow it. Well, it does. I will put none of these diseases upon you that I brought upon the Egyptians or allowed upon the Egyptians. Now notice, he makes a a separation between allowing sickness on the Egyptians, non-covenant people and covenant people. Why will you not allow them on us? Because I'm the Lord that heals you. All right, that's how, it's, that's how it would be said. Very often we just read it, yeah, because I'm the Lord that heals you. No, I will not allow these diseases that were allowed on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that heals you. He's not the Lord that heals them. Because they are not obeying Him And walking in a covenant. He is not the Lord that heals the world. See, sometimes people read it that way. Well, he's the Lord that heals, so he's not the Lord that heals the world because he's not their Lord. See, to be in covenant with the Lord, he has to be the Lord. He has to be my Lord. Oh, hallelujah. And so he said I, he gave him a statute, an enactment, a decree, an ordinance or a judgment and a decision. And right there, he set himself in the position of healer for his covenant people. I am the Lord that heals you. I am blank check. I am. And then he says here, I'll fill it in in this instance. I am the Lord Jehovah. The self existent one, the eternally self existent one that heals you. Your healer, your physician. The lesser translation says, I am the Lord your physician. That settles it. The other another translation says, I am the Lord your surgeon. Settled fact. I'm the Lord your surgeon. Oh, hallelujah. So what we need God to be, He is. And He is eternally that. What I need God to be, He is, and He is eternally that. So He never stops being my healer. He never stops being your healer because there's a covenant of healing that says that's what I am. I am the Lord that heals you. So He is the Lord As eternally self-existent as our healer. That's why it's important that you keep your mind on God cannot lie. God cannot change. God cannot break covenant. Oh, hallelujah. Then in Exodus 23. Exodus 23, uh, 25. And you shall serve the Lord, your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. And I notice I, the Lord, your God, will take sickness from the midst of you. There shall nothing cast their young or be barren in your land. The number of your days I will fulfill. I will fulfill it. So we have a covenant again that says if sickness is there, our healer will take it away. All right, so that the number of our days we will fulfill. That's something we have to focus on. Don't let the world number your days. Right? Because the world tells people at what age they should start falling apart. At what age production of certain elements of our bodies should begin to deplete. Well, you know, after this age, I mean, you, you know, and, and, and you know, that sounds that sounds uh, uh, funny to us. It's, it sounds. Uh, well, I would never say that. Well, we wouldn't say that because we know we have the word. But notice what he said. He said, I the number of your days I will fulfill. So there's a number of days, right, that I'm on this earth. And God said, I will fulfill them." How will I fulfill them? By blessing your bread and water and taking sickness from your midst. That's why you pray for your food. That's why you speak not a blessing, the blessing over your food. God blesses my bread and water and takes sickness from my midst. Hallelujah. This may sound off-subject, but it's really not. You'd be surprised the number of Christians that go out to a restaurant. They don't know who's cooking their food. They don't know the person at all, and and they bring the food, and they're just kind of like, well, Lord, thank you, amen, dig in. Well, you don't know what they did to your food back there. You have no, no concept, right? That's why I bless it. That's why I speak the blessing over my food. Lord, you will bless my bread and water and take sickness from my midst. It it can be on that food that I'm about to eat, but before it hits my mouth, it will be gone. Because you'll take it from me. Oh, hallelujah. Well, well, you know I'm scheduled for this procedure at the doctor. You know, uh, uh, should I keep my appointment? I I don't I don't believe you should cancel your appointment. You got to do what you got to believe. But here's the thing. You keep this verse in your mouth and you might get there and they'll say, well, let's do one last test and say, oh, well, you're scheduled, but it's gone. It was there, but it's not there. Because he said, I will take it. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He says, if it's there, he'll take it. Now, see, that's a covenant mindset. I know they found it, but you will take it. I know they saw it, but you will take it. I know I feel it, but you will take it. See, that's not just positive confession. That is the confession of something you positively know. I know it's there, but you'll take it. Amen. When I found out fevers were under the curse of the law, I decided my kids didn't have to deal with them. That's just that's just the way it is. And 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 I raised them that way. Your fever, you're going to go under my hand. People look at Jesus standing over Peter's mother-in-law and rebuking the fever Why could he do that? And here's what people say, because he was Jesus. No, because Deuteronomy chapter 28 says that fevers are under the curse of the law. And Jesus was ministering to a covenant woman, and that fever had no right to be in her covenant body. And what did he do? As Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, her healer, he rebuked the fever and the fever left the confidence was in the Covenant this is what God said this is what the Covenant says oh hallelujah and so when a fever tries to come in your body instead of just putting up with it you have to demand no extreme burning fevers are under the curse of the law And not only am I redeemed from the curse of the law because Christ redeemed me, He redeemed me based on a covenant that He made with Abraham, and I'm redeemed because I have blood between me and God. I'm redeemed from it. Oh, hallelujah. Look in Exodus chapter 2. Let's go on a journey. There's so much here. I was ministering on the covenant Sunday night, and I had one of our fellowship pastors there. And he just came up to me and said, my God, I'm just swimming in that. There's just there's so much. I said, yes, there is. There is, and, and we're just going to be on it all year. Oh, hallelujah. Exodus two twenty three. it came to pass in process of time that the king of Egypt died. And the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage, and they cried, and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning, and God remembered, now notice, His covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them God had respect unto them or God knew them God came into relationship with them why because of his covenant the Amplified Bible says he heard their sighing and groaning and earnestly remembered his covenant with Abraham notice earnestly remembered his covenant with Abraham Isaac with Jacob God saw the Israelites and took knowledge of them and notice this concerned himself about them knowing all understanding all remembering all remembering all that that that's very similar to uh first peter chapter five and verse seven casting all your care on him because he cares for you and the amplified bible says cares about you affectionately and watches over you watchfully every promise that you have in the bible ties itself To the blood covenant. Everyone. Everyone. God cares about you affectionately. Because you have been brought into the covenant that he made with Abraham. And the blood of Jesus did that for us. So God chose to deliver the Israelites based on the covenant he made with Abraham. He remembered his covenant. Notice God remembered his covenant. With Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. Now. In uh, Exodus chapter 3 and verse 13, he's speaking to Moses. And he says here, uh, Moses said unto God, Behold, when I'm come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, You shall say to the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said, moreover to Moses, you shall say unto the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. What is my name? I am. That's my name. Forever. Forever. Hallelujah. So we've said this before, the I am is the blank check. I am whatever you need me to be. I am whatever you need me to do. I can fix what you need me to fix. Now, Jesus mentioned this in the four Gospels. And he said in John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Concerning. Hallelujah. John 14, 13. Whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And someone might say, well, that's not the I am. But in the the new covenant, the name of Jesus encompasses that name I am. Whatever you ask the Father in my name. The Amplified Bible says, representing all that I am. Representing all that I am. Now, There are people that will pray in the name of Jesus and and, and wonder if it's going to happen. In the name of Jesus, well, we'll see. Wait a minute. I am is the blank check. Jesus is the blank check. Whatever I ask the Father in His name, He'll do it. Yeah, but Pastor, you know, that, that hadn't been my experience. You believe what God said about His Word and about Himself. That's a requirement for strong faith. Amen. Then He said in John 16, verse 23, uh, In that day you'll ask Me nothing. Truly I say to you, whatsoever you ask the Father in My name, He will give it to you hitherto you've asked nothing in my name ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full Mm. at that day you shall ask in my name and i say not unto you that i will pray the father for you for the father himself loves you because you've loved me and believe that i came out of god so notice what jesus said he said in that day you will ask the father in that day, you're not going to ask me. You're going to ask the Father in my name. And he's going to do it because you believed in me and loved me. That, that In the Old Testament, it says that the job of the covenant person in the book of Deuteronomy was to believe God and love God. In the, in the four Gospels, in the ministry of Jesus, he says right here, our job is to ask the Father in the name of Jesus... And believe that he'll do it. This name, Jesus, encompasses all the seven compound names of God. The name Jesus is the I am of the Old Testament. Oh, hallelujah. And because of his obedience, that name Jesus is the power of of attorney in the new covenant. It's how we approach the father. So I am is that blank check in the new covenant. The name Jesus is the blank check. I can expect the same commitment to the covenant from the father. When I use the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In uh, Exodus chapter 8. And notice, God is talking to uh, Moses. He says, I will sever in that day the land of Goshen, in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies will be there. To the end, you may know that I am the Lord, Jehovah. I am the eternally self-existent one. I am the Lord, Jehovah, in the midst of the earth. And I will put a division between my people and your people. Tomorrow shall this sign be. He said, notice, he said there will be a redemption. There will be a a division. The word division is a redemption. Well, what was the division there for? What was the redemption there in light of? The covenant. There's a division. There's a redemption Notice he, he uses this phrase here, verse 23 you're between my people and your people. He's talking to Pharaoh. There will be a division between my people and your people. And notice, tomorrow will this sign be. There will be proof tomorrow that there's a redemption between your people, and my people. There will be evidence that there's a covenant there. Oh, hallelujah. You know, when something happens to the world that didn't touch you, they're going to ask questions. And we have an answer. Hallelujah. So, The division, the redemption, was the covenant. Now, Exodus 12. Remember, we're going on a journey. We're going to get back specifically to healing, but I want you to see this. Exodus 12 and verse 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land, both man and beast, And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am Jehovah. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague, notice the plague, will not be upon you to destroy you or for a destruction. So in other words, this plague is coming on them for destruction. But it's not going to come on you. When I smite the land of Egypt. Verse 22 of the same chapter says, you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that's in the basin and strike the lentils and the two side posts with the blood that's in the basin and none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer, will not allow the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. Oh, hallelujah. Now notice, the token, the blood will be a token or evidence or proof. Evidence has to be evidence of something. Proof has to be proof of something. Now people will say, they'll say, well, it was proof that the people inside were God's people. Why were they God's people? What made them God's people? The covenant. Not because they were serving God. Not because they wanted to serve God. But because God had a covenant with Abraham. And it included this group of people 400 and some odd years later. So it was evidence or proof. The blood on the door was evidence or proof that God had a covenant with the people that were inside. And notice what he said. I will not suffer the destroyer to come unto your houses. Hallelujah. Now. Very often when you teach us people people kind of get this mindset well, what do I do if I'm already dealing with something all right you realize here you have a covenant and it's not supposed to come under your house so I go back to exodus twenty three he'll take it did you know under the old covenant there was blood for ignorance blood for what you didn't know Isn't that good news? Because there's been things I've been reading, thought, dear God, I didn't know that. Amen. So so that all the blood in the Old Testament is found in the blood of Jesus in the New Testament, and so that blood for ignorance is found in the blood of Jesus. Lord, I didn't know. I didn't know I could stand against this. I stand against it. What'll happen? It'll go. Because you didn't know. Hallelujah. So notice what he said, though. I will not suffer. Now, that's important. Because remember, make the the distinction. Who's getting judged? The world. Where are the Israelites? In the world. But they're not of the world. They're of the covenant that the bible says you and i are in the world but we're not of the world we're of the covenant we're of God if we're of God we are of Abraham if we're of Abraham we're in Christ and covered by that blood amen see this is not this is not saying that the blood covenant is more, in in that sense, is more powerful than what Jesus did. It's saying what Jesus did brought us into this covenant. It completes it. If, If you try to just, you will, there's certain things you will not believe God for if you don't understand that the blood of Jesus brought you into something. You understand? Because where are most of the healing promises found? Old Covenant. Old Covenant. You see, where where do you see Paul talking the most and demonstrating the most about healing? In the book of Acts. Peter talks about healing. James talks about healing. Timothy talks about healing. Paul talked about healing to Timothy. But the, the bulk of the healing promises are in the first covenant. No, that's why some people don't believe in healing. Well, that healing business is Old Testament. Yes, that we have been brought into and made a party to. Everything, everybody God healed in the Old Testament, He healed them on credit. Depending on what Jesus was going to do. He could heal them Because they were going to be brought into that covenant of healing. Hallelujah. That's why even when you read through the four gospels. The the scribes, the Pharisees, the religious people. They never disputed healing. They never said healing was wrong. They got mad because Jesus did it on a day that violated their tradition. They never said healing isn't right. But they had their man-made ideas about it because God was I am Jehovah Rapha he was always eternally existent as their healer and they knew that so what Jesus did on the cross brought me into this covenant. And expanded that covenant and brought additives to that covenant. I get all the promises of the old covenant and all the promises of the new covenant. Which according to Hebrews are better promises made uh, 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 by better sacrifice. Oh hallelujah. But notice I won't suffer it. So what do you have to get in your mind? And I know I use these symbolisms. But if you, if you don't see it this way, you're going to have a hard time with the covenant mindset. you got to see God standing at your front door, raising His right hand, saying, I swear, I won't let it in. I will not let it in. And you got to keep that symbolism in your mind. Amen. That, that's so important. God said, I will not suffer. I will not allow. I will not put up with. The destroyer coming to you. Oh, hallelujah. Look, look at Psalm 91. There's so much here. Psalm 91 verse 1. <clears throat> he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord. Now, you gotta always translate that phrase. See, it goes back. I am the Lord that heals you. This is so important. When he says, the Lord, the Lord, I will say of the Lord. Now, what follows is something he always is. I will say of the what why can we say that? God cannot lie. It does not change. Has he said it? Shall he not do it? I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In him will I trust. Surely he will deliver me from the snare of the fowler. And from the noisome pestilence. Oh, hallelujah. Then verse 10. There will no evil befall you nor any plague come near your dwelling. Verse 16, with long life, length of days, will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Hallelujah. When he says in verse 11 or verse 10, no evil will befall you. That word evil means injury or misery. Injury or misery. Injury or misery. Injury or misery. No injury, no misery will come near you. No injury will befall you. Well, I'm just con- right now. Now, now, here's the thing, though. Listen, well, Pastor, an injury's already befallen me. He'll take it. He'll take it. He'll give you the way to get it fixed. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Had a guy stand before me last Friday that had had 56 surgeries. 56 surgeries. Had three rods in his back. Artificial wrist, artificial elbow, artificial shoulder. And was going to have to go back in and have more surgery because of the pain. Hallelujah! But he got up under that anointing. And we prayed for him, and I backed up and I said, "Now bend over and touch your feet in the name of Jesus." And he started doing it. I had tears started coming down his face. He said, "There's no pain. First time I've been without pain in years." Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, this, this is what I mean. There are people that get injured. My, my, uh, a, guy, uh, a guy stood before my dad. My dad went to heaven a couple years ago. Stood before him and said, I've had a total knee replacement in my right knee. It's all uh, titanium or something like that. I forget what it was. But uh, it's, it's all metal. Total knee replacement. And, and, and it was bothering him. Well, they prayed for that knee. They were praying for the pain. They were just asking for the pain to go away. The guy came back the next night, came back the next couple nights. Hallelujah. Went back and saw the doctor. The metal was all gone. It was all bone. That was an injury. But he took it. He took it. Why? Because he had a covenant. When you pray in the name of Jesus, you're enacting the covenant. Everything God promised in Psalm 91, when I say in the name of Jesus, it begins to come into my life. Hallelujah. Ronnie, Ronnie Coyne, Ronnie Coyne, they called him the plastic eye miracle. He was best friends with my dad, stayed in our house all the time when he was just a boy in Sepulpa, Oklahoma. His brother stuck him in the eye with a piece of baling wire and they didn't go to the doctor early enough and that eye got infected. And, and they had to take the eyeball out. That's all they could do was take the eyeball out. Put a glass eye in. He went to Sister Daisy Gillock's meeting. Daisy Gillock was T.L. Osborne's sister. And he went to, to have prayer. He went up for a bronchial infection. He was, he was sick. And he went up to get hands laid on her. She thought he was blind in that right eye. And so she said, or left eye. So she said, Lord, heal this uh, disease. And Lord, give him sight in that eye. She thought he was blind. She didn't know it was a glass eye. He went home and a couple days later, he started seeing out of that eye. But there was no eye. There never was an eye in there. He'd take that eye out and read with no eyeball. There was an injury. Remember, no evil, no injury, no misery. Well, it came nigh him. His brother put his eye out. What did God do? He took the effects of the injury. Well, why didn't He give him a new eyeball? Ask him when you get there. I don't know. But what I do know is eyeball or no eyeball, the Bible says God gives sight to the blind. And, he, and that proves something. He doesn't need you to have eyes for you to see. It doesn't have to be possible for the covenant God, our healer, to do it. That's it's so important. Well, your body doesn't reproduce that stuff. God doesn't need your body to reproduce it to produce it. He just needs you to believe what He said about being your healer. Because any number of things... If, you know, you Google it or YouTube it or whatever you do, and and you'll hear this over and over again. Well, once it gets there, that's just how it's got to be from then on. That's not what God said. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. When Sister Jeannie, when she broke her back in three places and they recommended surgery, she went with what the healer said. Now, she, wasn't, she was not uh, 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 not listening to the doctors. Understand that. But in that instance, she went with what the healer said. And when she went back to the doctor at the prescribed time, the doctor looked at the x-rays, and he goes, oh, they did a real good job on your back. And she said, I never had any surgery. He said, really? She said, no, oh, God healed me. He said, it looks like they did a perfect, a perfect correction on your back. And well, he did do a perfect. See, he's my physician. While you sleep tonight, your surgeon can work on you and fix things. And you wake up not even know that you had anything done until you walk on it and it doesn't hurt or you bend over and it's better or it's just gone. That's what he said. He's eternally that. And, and remember, just wanting that to happen is not enough. I got to believe it. My part of the covenant is faith and obedience. Hallelujah. Whoo. Uh, then that, that's just evil. Then he said, no plague, no evil will befall you. No plague, no disease, no wound. That's what the, the word plague means no disease no wound and again people say well you know that that already come near me well okay but he'll take it and it doesn't have to come back Nay, one nine this affliction will not arise again the second time oh glory to god do you see that this disease this wound that's that's i i used to uh, be friends with a man that was a severe diabetic and uh, he would get the uh, diabetic wounds from from sugar. Now, that that was mainly because he wasn't taking care of it. But those wounds were so painful on his on. And and he ha- he asked. We were on a trip to promise keepers meeting one year and he asked me to help him. dress. He was staying in the room with me. He asked me it was an area that he couldn't bend over and reach. He asked me, could I help him dress that wound? And of course, I did. Uh, uh, he didn't believe in healing. He didn't believe much of nothing. But here's the here's the point. I saw the pain. I saw the the frustration of a man that loved God. But here he is. He's got wounds ulcerated wounds on his body. Right. Because of this thing that's under the curse because of this thing that he has a covenant that God will take it away. Well, here's the the reason I'm saying that. Even if you have a wound, if you have, watching online or here, you have a diabetic wound, a sore on your body. He'll take it. He'll heal it. Glory be to God. In the covenant we have is the secret place. He that dwelleth in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Hmm. When we stay under the blood, under the covenant, under the name Jesus, no injury, no misery, no disease or wound will come near us. You you ought to say that. Say, no injury, no misery, no disease, no wound will come near me. Well, what if I have to get a surgery? Then we're going to believe that by the covenant... That you have a physician, that it'll be perfect. Amen. Well, I, but I don't want surgery. Not wanting it's not enough. That you got to believe something. Amen. Because faith can make that, that procedure go perfect. Oh, glory to God. And all of us, listen, every one of us in here, we just want it gone. We just want God to take it. And I understand that. And he will. But you see, the fight of faith becomes the stand. I'm standing in the pain. I'm standing in the frustration. I'm standing in this thing. I'm having to stand and stand against it. That's when it begins to wear. Are you following me? And so at some point, I've got to decide, okay, can I believe that this procedure is going to go just right? Or do I need to keep standing for a complete recovery just by healing. Either way, you win. Hallelujah. Because God ha ah, Lord help me say this right. God can take what they do and make it supernatural. Hallelujah. Well, I just believe if God does it, you know, He'll just do it. Well, then what do you believe if He don't? I guess you'll die. Because there are people that will say, I just believe if God wants to do it, he'll do it. But they won't go to the doctor. Well, If I go to the doctor, it's doubt. Well, what are you believing? <laughs> are, are you following me? See, you've got to decide. It's, it's not doubt to go to the doctor. It's not fallacy to stand for your healing. We want the end result of being well. Is that right? Oh, Glory. Psalm 105, and when you study these verses and you study uh, uh, Psalm 103, 104, 105, 106, 107, you'd be be, uh, uh, surprised how many times the phrase my covenant comes up because everything he promised in these verses is based on the covenant. Psalm 105, 37, he brought them forth also with silver and with gold. And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. The word feeble is weak or decayed. Theologians believe anywhere between two million and three and one half million people came out of Egypt out of bondage. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that is a city, that is a number of people about the size of uh, Dallas, Texas. That's how many people came out. About three and a half million. And if you believe two million, about two Kansas cities. Now think about that. If we were talking 200,000, Little Rock's about 200,000 people. That'd be a lot of people. 200,000 people. Now, wait a minute. Were there grandmas here? How long have they been in bondage? 430 years. So there are generations, multiplied generations. Are there grandmas here? Are there grandpas? What's that? Are there great grandmas? Great grandpas? How about great greats? Maybe great great greats. Right? Because how long they lived? So there could have been three generations coming out of of bondage. And yet, now wait, yet, there was not one weak or decayed person among them. Now how did that happen? How, How did that occur? Everybody that came out had partook of that Passover lamb. Everybody that came out was in covenant with God. Now, ever what you believe, either God had kept them 430 years, or that Passover lamb restored their vigor and their youth. Mm. Why were these things done? Look at verse 42. He gave them the lands of the heathen, and uh, uh, excuse me, for he remembered his holy promise, and Abraham his servant. They came out with no weak or decayed person. Because God remembered His covenant. Notice that. He remembered His holy promise. You, you can do your own study on this if you don't believe me. But everywhere God talks about the covenant, He always calls it His. Mm. Look at Isaiah 40. This, this plays right in here because we're getting closer to you. Remember, I told you we're going to go on a journey. I hope you like trips. Now, these are some verses that people quote. I Watching online and here in this room, I'm trying to move people from being Bible quoters to being Bible believers. What you quote, you got to believe. If you quote it and you don't believe it, it's just like you quoting the headline. Amen what you quote you need to believe and that's why you're better off. You're better off declaring a couple scriptures that you know that you know that you know belong to you. Isaiah 40 and verse 20. Well, yeah, 29. Uh, He now remember. Translate this when it says he God Jehovah. I am. Notice what he does. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Well, that sounds good, doesn't it? The Amplified says he gives power to the faint and weary. And to him that has no might, he increases strength, causing it to multiply and making it to abound. So, that's not just your overall body, that's any area of your body that you might be weak in. So, if you have a weak back right now, he is causing your, the strength in your back to multiply and abound. Right now, in your immune system, he's causing your immune system, the strength in it, to multiply and abound. I mean, your immune system right now is just waiting on a virus. Come on, bring it on, bring it on. Why? Because it's so strong and abounding in strength. Isn't it better to say that than, ah, dear God, whatever comes along, I get it. Every year, I get it, I get it. Now, people say, that's see, that's a bad confession. That's a violation of covenant. You're lying. You're violating the covenant that God made. That's, that's so important. That's so important. He said, I'm the Lord that heals you. Why why would I violate that by saying, yep, every time it comes along, I get it. When I say that, I'm just saying, I don't have a covenant. I don't have a covenant of hell. Yeah, but what if I say it and I still get it? You got to grow in this. When you hear you have a covenant, oh my Lord, I got a covenant and I didn't even know it. Then you figure out you you know it. Now now what do you have to do? Where have I not been applying it? Right? Amen. We want nothing that's ungodly in our bodies. Nothing. And people say, well, what's ungodly? Anything that's without God. Remember 7-Up's old slogan? It's the un-cola. What does that mean? No cola in it. Anything that's ungodly, I don't want it. God's not in sickness. God's not in disease. God's not in viruses. God's not in decay. Hallelujah. Notice verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord. Well, let's read verse 30. Even the youths will faint and be weary, and the young men will utterly fall. But, see, I I told you that, colon, then words like but, or so, or because, follow it. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. The young men will utterly fall. All right? But after the colon is going to be the explanation. But they that wait on the Lord. So what's what's the understood issue here? The youths are not waiting on the Lord. And he says, even if they're young, they'll lose their strength. But they that wait upon the Lord shall, now train yourself, shall, covenant language, promise, it's covenant language. In other words, I do the preceding statement, this is what will happen. Shall renew their strength or renew strength or change strength they will mount up with wings as eagles they will run and not be weary they will walk and not faint the amplified bible says they that wait on the lord now what does this mean it means to expect to look for and to hope in him i'm expecting i'm looking for something and i'm putting my hope in him who am I putting my hope in? My healer. The restorer of my life. Now, see, here again. Let me hurry. I got to give him about five minutes. Here again. What did God say? He said he would renew your youth. He said he would, right? That's why uh, uh, Psalm 105 said. So here he said he would restore, he would renew your Your strength. When I look for, I expect from and hope in Him. So now I've got a choice now. Am I going to believe the covenant or am I going to take the word of people that say at a certain age I have to fall apart? I'm not strong anymore. I can't do, now, now you understand what I'm, you understand what I'm I'll, I'll even hear preachers, they'll, they'll, they'll preach this verse and they will go, now I'm not saying that when you're 80, you'll have the same strength you had when you were 40. Well, the problem with that is I don't see that clause in there. But aren't we preconditioned to say, well, you know, I'm 75, I can't do what I used to do. Is that right? Yeah, but pastor, you know, I'm I'm this age and I'm weak. Well, he'll take the weakness and renew your strength. God, and notice the Amplified Bible says they will run. You ready for this and not be weary. They will walk and not faint or become tired. Well, that's a good promise. How would it be to get up every morning and not be tired? Get up every morning and not be weary, not be not be faint. Amen. Well, you know, I wouldn't be tired if I could sleep all night. Well, praise God. You have a covenant promise, says he gives his beloved slumber. Says you will lay down and you'll sleep. That's it. Amen. Psalm 103, I'm almost done. This is my last verse. We have a covenant. We have a covenant. Psalm 103, verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, heals all your diseases. Uh, The Amplified Bible says he heals each one of all your diseases. Why can he do that? He's my physician. Verse 4, who redeems your life from destruction. No evil will befall you. No evil will befall you. Why? I'm redeemed from destruction. Why am I redeemed from destruction? I have a covenant with God. Who crowns you with loving kindness, tender mercy, satisfies your mouth with good things. So that, here it is again, your youth is renewed as the eagle's. Mm. The Amplified Bible says he satisfies your, your mouth, your necessity and desire at your personal age and situation with good so that your youth renewed is like the eagles. How's the eagles youth? The renewed, eagle, the renewed youth of the eagle. Strong, overcoming and soaring. Shh. Hallelujah. And, and every one of these promises points back to the covenant. He says in verse 18, that these things happen to such as keep his covenant and to those that remember his commandments to do them. That's just how it is. I remember, I keep his covenant. And I remember his commandments to do them. That that settles the issue. Hallelujah. In in, in, in any broken places, any any broken places, broken bones, broken issues, broken situations, he said, I'll restore it. One, one, One scripture says, I will restore health to you and give you peace. I will restore it. If it's gone, I'll restore it. That's so powerful. Oh, hallelujah. Well, father, we just pray today. Lord, we've seen so much over this past week. Lord, we've seen you heal so many people. Oh, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that that healing anointing, that healing power is flowing through each and every individual. It flows through the online audience. It flows through the audience here in the sanctuary here at Faith Builders Lord they have heard the word the next step is to be healed for you said twice in the four gospels that they came to hear Jesus and to be healed so we've heard and now we expect to be healed oh thank you father Lord even those little nagging things Those little things that just kind of, those little niggles, Lord, they just kind of hang on there. That we kind of begin to work around. Figure out how to not walk on that foot completely. Or figure out how to kind of fix it so I can still move, but I don't feel it. Kind of live with it. Lord, I declare that we are people that will not live with it any longer. We will live without it. We just choose to live without it. Oh, say that out loud. I choose to live without it. One more time. I choose to live without it. Ah, uh, uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Point to that part of your body and just say, I choose to live without this. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. So, Father, we, declared that we declare that we are the healed of the Lord. We have a covenant of healing. And we will walk in it in the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Well, God bless you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for watching us online. And, of course, we're here every Tuesday uh, at uh, 1030 for Healing School. And uh, God will bless you real good. Amen. Till we see you again, build your faith and frame your world by the word of God. God bless you.